Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another amazing episode of Amazing Business Radio. And this week, we're going to be talking with Tom Goodmanson, the president and CEO of Calabrio. And we'll find out just who they are and what they do in just a moment. But first, a couple of quick things before we dive into the interview. If you have a story of amazing customer service or you'd like to have me answer a question, all you need to do is send them through my social media channels. You can find me Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, just about everywhere. And remember to use the hashtag AskShep. I'll be answering the questions there or on the show or somehow, some way, you will get your answer. And uh, don't forget about my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, a bunch of other TV type uh, streaming uh, organizations. And of course, YouTube. Everybody has YouTube. So if you can't get anywhere else, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Shep.TV. We always have great segments. It's motivational. It's fun. But now we're here for an interview, and that's about Tom Goodmanson, the president and CEO of Calabrio. And I'm excited because I'm actually going to be speaking at their event coming up. And we were talking, I said, this is great information that we should share on Amazing Business Radio. So Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. All right. So, so much to talk about in a short period of time, but very quick, uh, give us a little bit of background on yourself and who Calabrio is. Thanks. Yeah. So, Tom Goodmanson, uh, President and CEO of Calabrio. I've been uh, here 12 years since the very beginning. Uh, and and uh, prior to that, I've uh, been leader, senior leader in several software companies. Uh, and so, in, at Calabrio, we are a workforce optimization, workforce engagement uh, management company uh, that tries to do amazing things with customer service. We, we work really hard uh, for our customers to help unlock so much rich data that they have. Uh, and and it, allows, it allows our customers to, to do what they do best, service their customers. Great. And so just so everybody understands what workforce optimization is. You bet. So workforce optimization is a set of tools that uh, companies use. Uh, it, it, the origins of it are from call recording and quality management, uh, where you are uh, assessing how the, how the uh, agents are doing in their job uh, to workforce management that makes sure the right person is in the right seat at the right time to make sure that they do have a great uh, experience. And then finally, uh, the, the last component Components are, are reporting and analytics, and the analytics is kind of that the the newest uh, of the world, the artificial intelligence, the machine learning things that are really truly unlocking that data. Th those components have predictive analysis, uh, quality management, and all of that in it. Wow! So there's a lot going on. So are you using artificial intelligence to, uh, for lack of a better term, I want to use listen in on the phone call and making assessments? Uh, from from the AI machine learning standpoint? Absolutely, but we're using them in a really, you know, it's such a negative connotation to say you're listening in, right? I know, We've heard I that over the, right the years. Words. It's not like you're listening in on the specific conversation right. of Tom and Shep. It's like 
you're gathering information that's helping you create a better experience. So monitoring, would that be a, a better Yeah, word? monitoring and, and, and assessing. So, so somebody, we might take our software to this conversation at the end and how did, was Tom and Shep's interaction positive or negative? So what was the overall sentiment of that discussion? And, and we're looking for those things and then we'll score that on, on sentiment, maybe uh, a propensity for the customer to leave, Per, uh, propensity for the customer to buy more. Um, we look for things like we, we have tools that predict NPS after every call. We have tools that predict how the quality of the quality scores went. And so rather than, as, as you know, in traditional quality management, uh, you get to maybe 2% of all calls that are ever sent in. And so by using these tools, you can see 100% and start to make uh, real business uh, logic around calls and, and how your agents are doing and how your customers are feeling. All right, you just said something that's kind of blowing my mind in a good way. Uh, you said that we can predict the uh, NPS score, which is the net promoter score. And for those that, for whatever reason, if you've been listening to the show, there's no way you don't know what it is. But in case you don't, it's a scoring system on a scale of zero to 10. What's the likelihood that the customer would recommend or any kind of CSAT or metric, you know, to determine whether the call was successful or not. So if uh, you're uh, monitoring instead of listening on the call, and at the end of the call, you said, your machine says, this went great. I predict that you're going to get a nine on a scale of zero to 10. And then by chance, the customer sent a survey, when sent a survey actually answers the survey, how accurate is the prediction? You know, is it, we find it pretty, pretty accurate. Uh, we're, we're within, yeah. It's, it's, it's totally cool. And, and what we found, and because you're able to do this, what, you know, the number one thing we've found as we've gone out and talked to our customers is, you know, you hear all the time, oh, NPS is down across the country. We like to think of it as no uh, consumers are sick of taking surveys across the country. Right. And so all of those surveys, right, is you, the people that are answering them are answering them usually because they have a negative sentiment. And so what we're able to do is reduce the number of surveys they're doing in order to calibrate our tools and then bringing those tools back in and constantly, you know, they, they need to be calibrated and driven. Um, but at the end of the day, they're, they're pretty darn accurate. And what it's allowing these customers to do is, is we have partnerships, for example, with marketing tech firms where we're, we're literally, if it's an email marketing tech firm, uh, we're, we're bifurcating their, in the old days, it's, hey, it's a customer, let's go sell them more. Let's send them an email to sell them more. Now we're taking that and saying, if they have a low NPS score, we're going to pull them out of the queue and not send them more. We're going to set, put them in an operational queue where we're emailing them uh, some, some level of, hey, we know that you're frustrated with us. What can we do better? Versus, hey, buy more. I know you hate me already. <laughs> I know. So this is a powerful, powerful tool when used the right way. And I think everybody is getting used to the concept of artificial intelligence. And what's really cool is that some businesses are using AI to actually have direct conversations, or actually it's the lack of conversation. It's a digital interaction with a customer. But what you're suggesting is using AI kind of behind the scenes and looking at things and keeping everything at the highest level possible. 
So, uh, Absolutely. And then, and then matching that with all of your digital channels, mm-hmm. right? Is, is the digital channels are going to be, we can increase those. The, the human interaction isn't going to go away anytime soon. The, people crave uh, the ability to talk to somebody and get an answer. Yeah. Um, but those digital channels are there for a reason. They're there to help with easier uh, things in the case of bots. And they're there to ease of use. So maybe I don't want a synchronous uh, discussion. I want an email where it just can kind of flow back and forth at my pace. And so, but by putting these things together, we're able to kind of, you know, the, the old fashioned customer journey or, or the new fashion customer journey, we can help glue all those together. There's so many great customer journey companies out there. We can feed them data that allows them to understand uh, where a customer is getting fatigued a little bit better and, and drive the interaction to the channel uh, that is going to not the, the channel that the cus- that the company wants them to use, but the channel the customer yeah, wants to use. The one the customer wants to use. Yeah, I love that. So really, uh, yep. I, I, this is not the future of customer service. This is the current state of customer service. Uh, you know, five years ago, this was the future, and it's coming true. It's happening now. It's um, it's I think uh, more accurate and relevant and dependable than ever before. So. Uh, pretty cool. Hey, let's jump to a different topic, and that is C3. And that's the event that you have coming up. And first of all, thank you very much for having me speak. And by the way, so people who might be thinking, well, the only reason you're on this show is because you've hired Chef to speak. No, Rebecca Martin was on the show, what, a year ago? Uh, and yep. uh, she said, I care, somebody in, in the uh, organization said, hey, would you like to get the big the GIC, I know that's not your title, you're president and CEO, but I'm going to call you the GIC, guy in charge, okay, it, who can really, uh, you know, lay some insights as to what the world of customer service is going on right now. But tell us quickly about C3, and then we're going to start talking about what's happening in the customer experience revolution. Sounds great. Thanks, Shep. And, and uh, we couldn't be more excited to have you there. And, and notice I put you after me on the, on the schedule. So you don't, uh, so you don't upstage. Uh, I don't come out to a dead audience after you get them all uh, hyped up. So really well, glad wait, to have wait, you there. Out. How are they going to be after you're finished? They're going to be ready for you, man. Okay, good. They won't be a dead audience after. Okay, good. <laughs> no, they're they they've seen me up there for eight years. They're they're ready. They're they're ready for the outside content. Every time I get off the stage, I got you primed. Um, no, C three is our annual gathering. It's our eighth uh, gathering of our customers. Started uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, many years ago, uh, with me calling fifteen customers and asking them to come together and and give me some insights into what they were finding out from from our software and it's grown to well over 600 people this year in San Antonio, Texas. Wow. Uh, we're really excited to bring everybody together. And as you know, we bought Teleopti here earlier this year. And so it's a, our first chance to get in front of a mass audience of, of our two, of this great combined company. And, and if people on the, on the podcast are looking for more information, they can go to the Calabria website or all of our social media uh, sites and find out more and would love to, there's room, for room for everybody. Yep. And so website to just learn more about the program. www.calabrio.com. Calabrio.com. There it is. All right. So we're about a decade into this massive shift into customer experience. Customer experience is hot, hot, hot. And when we come back from a break, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Do you want to amaze your customers and impress your colleagues and outshine your competition? 
Well, going from average to amazing isn't an out of the reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. And I wrote about this in my best-selling book, Be Amazing or Go Home. And now I have some good news. We just re-released the book in paperback form. And in this book, I let you in on the secrets behind my mantra, always be amazing. And I share with you the simple practices that can elevate your game. Mastering these practices will help you create trust, build stronger relationships, advance your career, and much more. So now is the time to step out of the ordinary and into amazement. Be amazing or go home is available at amazon.com. So what are you waiting for? Make the choice today to be amazing or go home. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Tom Goodmanson, the president and CEO of Calabrio. Not even two weeks away from C3. It's the eighth one. I think it should be called C8. But how about C3-8 or C3 Power of 8, something like that. All right. So this whole concept of customer experience and I love the word revolution. Uh, a few years ago, I wrote a book called The Amazement Revolution. And now, you know, it's all about customer service and experience. But we are in the midst of this experience or of this whole CX revolution. And I would love your take on what's going on in the world of customer experience. You know, it, it, everything's going on. We're, it's just, it is, as you said before, it's, you know, we're, we're five years into this journey, 10 years into this journey. And, and, Today, nine and ten business are saying they're competing primarily on the basis of how they service customers, uh, and so we're we're so excited to be at the at the center of that. We we create such rich data. We we gather it, but it's in in the old days. Uh, you used to gather this data. And it was there for compliance purposes. Quite frankly, uh, you'd l- listen to a few calls. Uh, like I said earlier, two percent of calls at best, and and maybe make some interactions and tell your uh, uh, customer service agent to get off the phone faster. Today, uh, you're seeing us mine all of that great data and come together and and drive better customer experience through understanding what their sentiment is and where they're going with it. And 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 it's just a great time to be in this industry. So what uh, you mentioned, you know, get off the phone faster. and, And by the way, average handle time is what that's referred to. What are your favorite metrics? And I'm throwing curveballs at you. And if I am, I apologize because <laughs> none of this is written down in my points that I wanted to cover. But I want to know, yep. do, do you have some favorite metrics that you like to measure? You know, my favorite metrics are are the predictive, uh, the, some of the predictive stuff we're doing. And so it's the uh, predictive sentiment. Was it a positive or a negative call? Predictive churn. Is the customer likely to churn based on the discussion you just had? Um, it's the predictive NPS, which is the high level one, uh, which is, which is, uh, you know, the kind of the, the, like like we talked about earlier, it is that that one score that gets you to where where you're yeah. going. And so, um, super super, I like those because they they drive you right to whether it's a operational issue, a marketing issue. All of those things can be found out from that. Mm-hmm. By the way, I do have a personal favorite metric. It's a yes, real simple what is it? one. Does the customer come back? You know, you mentioned churn, and that's part of it. But to me. I mean, we can ask them, would you be willing to recommend us? Oh, yeah, you guys are great. But I want to know, are you coming back the next time you need whatever it is that I sell? And if we've done a good enough job to get you to come back, well, that's the most important thing. And by the way, we 
talk to all of our clients, and this is uh, just my little insert uh, here, is that uh, I believe that at every interaction, and, it, and I think as you analyze different interactions that might be digital as opposed to you know, interactive with a human, human to human interaction, I think you need to ask, is the way we're handling the customer gonna get them to come back the next time they do whatever it is we do? You know, are they gonna buy it from us? And if you could say, oh, absolutely, yes, then we're in the right position. And then the customer will prove whether our predictions are correct, speaking of predictive uh, analytics. So uh, another curveball question, who's doing it best? You know what? There's so many. We're, we are in, in as far as getting this these tools that really give you great uh, information. I think we're in their early innings. Uh, of course, I, I should say that we do it very well. Uh, but I think there's a lot of companies out there just really on the cusp of of really interesting uh, data to drive. There, there, well, and, and it comes across the board. I'm more interested Go ahead. in who are like companies that I do business with. Who do you think? You know, that's what I mean. I know your company's the best, right? <laughs> of course, that's why you're here. But, and you're not going to say anything. Like, but I want to know who you think out there, not competing with you, but the actual uh, brands or businesses, B2B or B2C, that have really nailed this customer experience thing. Yeah, thanks for the thanks for the clarification. I think I think where we're seeing it, uh, where I'm seeing it the best. I'm I'm not going to pick any favorites, just not to uh, not to anger anyone. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think retail has is early adopting. I think financial services are early adopting. So B 2 C definitely is getting this. B 2 B is getting there, but it's it's a little bigger slog because they don't necessarily uh, they don't define their customers the same way. But I'm seeing some. Uh, retail, they, we all know it's a dogfight out there for retail. Uh, big retail, little retail, they have to take care of their customers. And like you said, they have to get them back in the door or back online. And so they're doing uh, some of this stuff to just absolutely uh, amaze customers with their insights. Well, B2B, I think, has more to lose by messing up the experience because uh, if I, I can go into a mall and there might be a hundred stores in the mall and 20 of them are going to sell whatever it is I'm looking for that day. Might be shoes, might be underwear, whatever. Okay. Obviously they're specialty retailers, but for the general things, uh, I can go into 20 stores. How, and by the way, if I decide not to go in and buy my underwear that day, there's going to be a million other customers, you know, or whatever the demographic is in the area that might potentially come into this mall and do business. So I think that, uh, you know, Hey, mess up with one customer, you probably don't lose too much. But a B2B company who probably has far fewer customers than a typical retailer, if they mess up a big relationship, it's, it's like to get that relationship back or to get somebody to replace, it's much harder because there are fewer customers that B2B have the opportunity. And by the way, there's fewer comp companies to compete with and therefore customers in the B2B world often know I mean, if I'm going to go buy a phone system for my business, how many different systems? I mean, there's, there's really a bunch, but main players, there aren't that many, you know? That's exactly right. Do my research. Nope, that, yeah. 
No, that's exactly right. And you're seeing them, like I said, uh, you're seeing them, but they're, I, th- I look at them as fast followers. The, the retail really had to, for, for necess- necessity, had to get uh, rolling into, into this new, new world. Mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned that customers, uh, or I'm sorry, companies are recognizing the importance of investing in customer experience. As a matter of fact, uh, nine out of 10 businesses say they're competing primarily on the basis of customer experience. Do you really think that they they may believe that, but you really think they're doing it? Yeah, that's a, that's a, a great point. I think I think everybody's seen it. I think you're starting to see the conversations uh, drive up, but you're not necessarily seeing the behaviors. Um, they're just they're exploring what's out there. Um, it, it looks big and hard. There's been a legacy uh, approach to a lot of these problems in the past, and so I think we've got uh, there is absolutely some uh, education that still needs to happen. Um, there's those that are getting it, but but uh, nine and 10 are not actively in, in conversation to do the right thing. It's probably right. half so, of that. Yeah. So nine out of 10 say that's what they need to compete, right. but unfortunately not all nine out of 10 are actually doing it, which I think is quite a discrepancy. Uh, and, and, and by the way, they recognize it and I'll go a step further. That's all, maybe many of them are saying, but we do invest. We are trying, we are not meeting the bar of the companies that are setting that bar. Uh, the rock star companies. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about some of the trends that are driving customer experience, such as uh, personalization and the frictionless or self-service experience, which is what I love to talk about with that book I wrote. I got to do the plug, The Convenience Revolution. Got to throw that one in there. So we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, don't go away. We'll be right back. It's been said that you can't improve what you don't measure. And one of the most important areas to measure is the customer experience. My friends at Service Guru have an amazing solution that quickly allows your customers to rate their experience and more importantly, rate and review your employees. On average, their platform captures 50 times more valuable and actionable feedback about your staff and business because it's at the point of interaction before your customers ever leave. All types of businesses use ServiceGuru to measure and improve service, including restaurants, retail stores, doctors, dentists, and more. If you have customers and you want their feedback, go to www.serviceguru.com and tell them Chef sent you. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We are back on Amazing Business Radio. I, I want, As we start to wrap up here, I want to talk about some of the major trends that are driving customer experience. Everybody's talking about, when I say everybody, I think that every single day I read an article about personalization. And we're moving from mass personalization of what's called personas, where you might a company might identify five or six different types of customers and use different ways to interact and market with them and, and give them a better experience based on just five or six criteria. But now uh, we're talking about hyper-personalization, which gets much deeper. Uh, and then I would talk about what your, your take is on the convenient and frictionless experience. And let's see how much time we have after that. Sounds good. So where do you want to start? Hyper-personalization. Let's go there. How do you define it? What is it? 
you know, hyper personalization is really being able to you have so much data coming into these uh, into the contact center, into the business itself that you're able to, you know, go down to almost uh, I guess, location data, uh, put it that way, right, is not only do you know who the person is, but you know where they're standing at that point in time. Um, and so you're, you're getting into this area of you, you theoretically can and should know your customer so well, you're marketing almost uh, directly to them. And you see this all over the place, right, is you're starting to see this when, when people are opting in, they love it. When they're, they're not opting in, you're seeing a little bit of uh, pushback against that hyper-personalization because they feel like they're maybe being watched a little bit. Yeah. And so it's, a, it's an interesting topic. So let me ask you a question. If, if somebody could put a chip in the back of your neck and, you, they, and somebody, somebody, I don't know who it is, but some force up there, some machine would be able to alert the retailers around you uh, as you're walking through uh, an aisle, hey, there's your favorite Captain Crunch cereal or whatever it is. Would you want your, your neck to be chipped? so people can track you and find, think minority report. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what, you know what, Shep, if I can turn it off and on, absolutely. Oh, I, and no, it's so I'm, I'm going to take it. <laughs> I, I am, I am, uh, I love, I give out my data everywhere that I know I can be safe and, and, and drive. I am really cautious about my, my digital footprint. Um, but so I, but I do, I throw it out there all the, all the time. So I get the best deals and I, I, I hate shopping. So it's, I love it when you can do that. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about a chip in my neck, I don't need quite that level of scrutiny. Thanks. Yeah. And I think if we, we could, if you could put the chip in my neck, if I can trust who's going to use it and let's make the assumption. I, right. I mean, I like, if you're going to make my life better, I don't know. I'm not the kind of guy. I'm not sure there's anything I could hide. I mean, if you really want to know what happens behind closed doors, it's probably not much different than 99% of the, you know, married couples out there. <laughs> okay. Yep. But, but that's not really what it's for. But I guess, yeah, it turns off. Uh, the Circle, I think that's what the name of the book was called. Did you ever read that book? I did. Okay. And that basically, I mean, that woman got caught up and she got caught doing something that she thought was not that big of a deal, but it turns into something big because everybody's watching your every move. All right. Enough about that. We understand hyper-personalization. When I used to talk about big data a lot, you know, big data really by definition was so much data, you can't even control it. And I would say, let's bring it down to something that's controllable. But then I started talking about microdata, which essentially was hyper-personalization. I walk into a hotel and they say, welcome back. They know I was there. They know, hey, you have this room. Did you like the room the last time? I could get in the same room. And today, though, uh, with geofencing, uh, that hotel knows I'm on the property before I even walk in. And right. they could start to prepare everything for me because they're using my cell phone. Which, by the way, that's the version of the chip in the neck is is our cell phone today. If we're willing that's to right. give out the information, um, I was just uh, and to give you one more example before we get into uh, frictionless and self service concepts, uh, I was talking to some folks that uh, I, I think it's a wristband or something they put on you at Disney that allows them to track your movements and make suggestions on where you should go and what you should do. That's kind of like what we're talking about. That's pretty hyper. 
Absolutely. Or, or even uh, like we'll use that C3 is, is download this app. Uh, and while we're there, while you're there for your best experience, turn on location reminder and we're going to take care of you for the week. It's just, and I started using it at all conferences. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a great benefit. All right. Let's talk about fast and frictionless self-service. Okay. Start. I mean, it's, it's, oh, we're, all right, go. Ready, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, that, that is a, a big wide topic. Um, but fast and frictionless really means that, again, we, we touched on it earlier. How do I want to interact with you? Um, and goes to the chip in the neck. If I'm hyper located, if I'm hyper uh, marketed to, I should be able to get fast and frictionless service. And that might be, and, and then you're talking about a whole, we could, we could start down the path of how I interact in the way I want to. Does it start with a bot? Does it start mm -hmm. with a chat, an email? Right. What is the beginning? I like to talk about ingress and egress. What's the ingress of my interaction with you? And then when do we know it's done? Or is it always open? I'm talking to customers now where they want an always open relationship with their customers. Mm -hmm. um, more of a Facebook type of a deal where it, it could pop any time. Um, but then I think of fast and frictionless one step further as I've been talking forever about using uh, Internet of Things inside the contact center. Yeah. And so that's where you're that really happen? frictionless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, the real frictionless, that's when we're getting to frictionless. Everything I own has a, a chip in it, uh, and it tells people when it breaks, and I don't even know it broke, and I don't even know it got fixed. Um, that is exactly. a place I use, a, you know, I, I wrote a piece six, seven years ago about the contact center of 2020. Clearly, I was a little ahead um, because you don't see it yet, but it's the washing machine breaks. It goes into my publicly available calendar. The repairman knows what's wrong, so he doesn't have to come out and diagnose and then come back. They then go, they get into my house through a, a one-time code, get their picture taken, bonded, all that stuff, come in, fix it, go, and I come home to my washing machine being fixed. That's frictionless customer service. I love it. A great example. And I think anytime you save a customer time, that is the beginning of frictionless. And you just described what I think is the perfect scenario of uh, what I think is frictionless. I think it's predictive maintenance, it's proactive maintenance, and all of that rolled into one. All right, um, one last question, and it's the one thing question. I want you to think about the one thing you absolutely want this audience to remember when we're finished today. If you want to remember one thing about what we what I stand for and what what we stand for is, you know, we talked a lot about chips and 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 hyper personalization, all those things that seem like big brother. Um, but at the end of the day, when we build all this software to, to run and drive, we still believe in the humanization of the contact center. We think it needs to become even more human uh, as you have these interactions. And so how do we do that and asking people to be thoughtful about how you're going to bring the human element into that interaction, both for the agent, because they're getting stressed out because this stuff is coming at them so fast, and then the, and then the person on the other end who just wants a little help. And so remembering to, to drive a, a human element into your, into your contact center will pay dividends and, and help with those nine and 10 people that want to compete uh, when it comes to customer service shop. Yeah, very good. I think that uh, what happens is there is an element uh, or an audience out there, a uh, demographic that wants to go self-service, that wants to go uh, high-tech, that wants to go digital. 
until they need a human and it better be really easy to flip over. And there are still some people who just want to go straight to the H to H, human to human. And you know what? Yep. For those people, I would suggest uh, if it's the basic, hey, can you tell me what uh, if this has been delivered yet? Hey, did you know you didn't have to call, wait on hold? You could have gone right in and found it in your account. And it would, we trained them on how to do it. So the next time they have a better experience using digital, but knowing that there's somebody behind at all times. Love it. Uh, so we've got the H to H, we got the you know H to D, human to digital. We've, we've, this is great. C3, that is the big Calabrio event coming up in just two weeks. The dates again are October. October. If you have 13th to look through it up, the 16th. <laughs> <laughs> then I don't feel bad that I don't have it on my calendar. Uh, I've yes, got, I've got four events between 16th. now and then. <laughs> <laughs> the 13th through the 16th, 2019 in San Antonio. Go to Calabrio, C-A-L-A-B-R-I-O. Go to Calabrio.com and get more information. Tom, thanks for being on the show. You've given us some great insights from somebody that uh, I would say is in the trenches, doing it every day and working at a super high level to make customer experience a great reality for so many. Thank you, Tom. You bet, thanks, Shep. All right, everybody, that wraps up another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We will have another interview next week. And until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.